Chapter 33 Silverbell could hear two things, humming and something else. The humming was loud, the something else was quiet. She knew she had to follow the music, the music that was in her heart, the music that was in her head, the music that she heard when she squeezed her eyes shut so very tight. The humming was loudest and closest, so Silverbell followed that first. She crossed through the half-populated street slowly, wondering just how she had arrived here, in this city. But remembering, she had been here before. She knew she was in Coda. She knew she had once been in New Bravo City. And she had been in the city of Decapo, somewhere in between. She had run through these streets. She had been running from something. But what? A poster plastered to an ugly brick wall caught her eye. It was green lettering on a green background and said boldly, Music is a myth, and myths are like lies, and lying is bad. Oh yes, Silverbell remembered. I was running from the government. But where she had gone to escape them, she couldn't now remember. But they didn't seem to be anywhere around her, and the chase didn't seem to be starting up again, so Silverbell went on her way. She stopped every few steps and closed her eyes so that she could hear the call of the music, making sure that she was on the right path. With each step, she grew closer to the humming, until she found herself standing at the gates of a stately mansion in disrepair. She knew this place. She had been here. Beyond the bars, in the cracked and crooked window, she could see into the den, where a figure poised was tending to a man in a chair, a young boy padding along at her side. Poem Alirica. She's a singer. And Tiko Taki, we're friends. Silverbell flinched. We were friends. She suddenly remembered a fight. A moment of resentment. But why? Why had they been arguing? It wasn't clear anymore. But the gate was locked. And Silverbell couldn't hope to get anywhere near enough to ask her once friend just what had gone wrong. Silverbell closed her eyes again as she stood helplessly outside the home. She listened. She listened past the humming that led to Poema Lyrica and a sordid past, and tried with all her might to focus on the something else behind it. It was a difficult noise to try and explain, even to herself. It wasn't quite a buzzing or a tingling, or really even a knocking. It was like a heartbeat, pounding softly, keeping time with the universe. For a moment, it seemed impossible to follow, too quiet and too all over for her to really pinpoint just where it was coming from. But then, in her head, it flourished and fluttered, and as clear as day, Silverbell could feel the draw of the sound pulling her toward it like a string to its kite. It wasn't too far away. It wouldn't be that hard a journey. She could walk there. She had been there before. The first time Silverbell had gone to this place, she remembered that she had been with friends. Poem, Tico, and... and no one else. Just Poem and Tico. Poem had slowed the world for them to get there. It had seemed a dangerous place then, but it no longer seemed to be a battlefield in wait. No, now it seemed like the only place left to go. She crossed over the low wall, and saw the familiar white statues. They had been horrifying the first time she had seen them. But now she saw them as they were, 
toothless, clawless, simply statues and nothing else. Silverbell passed through them with barely a glance. The one statue caught her eye for but a moment, for she knew at once to have been decapitated and destroyed, but seemingly the face had been rebuilt by some workman or another. This toothless, clawless, belled in Broderick Cove had been put back together. He's the governing governor. Poem had told her that, back when they were friends. But where had they been? And who had they been talking to? But Silverbell was too busy arriving at her destination. The little cottage labeled Cove was waiting among the statues, standing all lonely-like in its garden. Silverbell stopped at the front door. She closed her eyes. She listened. The sound was still around her, coming from everywhere and anywhere. But it was loudest and closest, behind the door. She thought about ringing the bell. She thought about knocking the door knocker. But Silverbell had never really been one for formalities, and she had an odd sense that he was expecting her. Silverbell crossed through the threshold, saw a coat rack that perhaps once she had seen move in slow motion, and then walked farther into the little house. Silverbell knew to go upstairs. He would be up the stairs. Arriving on the second floor, she was greeted by the sight of picture frames that had once been hanging on the wall and were now thrown wildly about on the floor. She had thrown them there. She had thrown them at him. He had been her enemy. Then why now was she here? Why was she following this sound to him? What was the sound she was following anyway? With every step she took down the narrow hallway, lined by cracked picture frames and pieces, the world grew hazier, and the reasons for her actions grew more lost. So lost that by the time she made it to the door, Silverbell was unsure of almost everything. But she opened the door anyway, and found Harry Horton Cove. Hello. It was an underwhelming thing to say. But Silverbell was unsure just how someone was supposed to address their long-standing enemy when they feared they were no longer their enemy at all. At her words, his head rose up and his back straightened, and Harry Horton Cove turned around in his desk chair to face Silverbell Smith, confused and perplexed by all things. Hello, he said, clearly unsure of what to say as well. He was not as frightening as she remembered, but of course, her memory didn't seem to be working right. Yet he seemed more man than monster now, when once he had seemed more monster than man. More victim than villain. I think I'm supposed to be here, Silverbell declared. It was so strange to declare something you were unsure of. But she did it all the same.